Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you. Thanks for joining me on another podcast episode. And uh, if you do enjoy these, please give us a like or a subscribe or whatever it is, wherever you're listening. Give us give us that stuff because it helps. And we really do enjoy doing these things. So hopefully you enjoy listening to them if you are. So thanks for finding us in this part of the internet world and podcasting world. We, we really do appreciate it. But um, today... I bring on my brother, Mark, again. Mark is heavy into the civil structural arena, works for a general contractor here, and is always building stuff. Mark recently went to a wonderful conference, and it's called the World of Concrete. I call it the Wonderful World of Concrete, probably because my head's wrapped up in Disney shows or something like that with four kids. So anyway, the World of Concrete is pretty awesome, and it details everything to do with concrete, you have all the associations, all the big publications that are coming down there, the code writers, um, equipment, all kinds of fun stuff goes to this event. It's held in Las Vegas um, in January, and uh, he recently attended that. So he comes onto the show to talk about uh, his experience with it, you know, and why maybe you want to consider going as well in the future. So if you've had any interest in concrete, um, you should definitely give this a listen. Uh, whether you work for a place and you deal with concrete or you're just interested in concrete in general, there's some really neat things about concrete that I think you'll enjoy and the equipment and all of the new technology that might be coming out and headed your way if you're involved in this world. So anyway, with that introduction, I'm excited to present this to you. This is my interview with Mark as we talk about the world of concrete and it's coming up right after this. All right, we are back at it with another sweet podcast episode mark what's going on hey i'm back again isaac back at you it keep bringing me back i don't know why but well, here i am again people like you i guess oh, yeah we keep you back on the show anytime you're regular man you're involved <laughs> in the industry so we like it well, good um so we're excited today we're going to talk about the world of concrete which is a trade show you recently attended um you're coming back from that, and it sounds like uh, it was a good time. So I wanted to pick your brain about what the world of concrete is, and a host of other questions. So why don't we why don't we back up and maybe let's first ask what is the world of concrete? The, the world, world of concrete. I mean, it it is literally the world of concrete. It is a big show. So. Um, I think it started back in 1975, I think was the first time it was, uh, it was, uh, put on and it used to alternate. They used to go down to new Orleans one year and then they'd come into Vegas oh, man. Uh, the next year. And then about, gosh, it was probably Oh, two Oh three kind of era. They decided, you know what, let's just keep it in Vegas every year. But, um, it's this huge annual international event that's, um, is cool because it's got 
uh, classes that are offered. So it's tailored towards, you know, uh, maybe practicing professionals that want to uh, learn about uh, some of the latest industry technology. And you can usually learn uh, things from, you know, all the big major concrete industry organizations. So we're talking about ACI and PTI and CRSI and hmm. M- NRMCA, PCA, you know, all the, all the big concrete industry organizations. Um, they put on, um, some put on uh, demonstrations, some have, you know, just exhibits. Uh, most of them put on, like I say, classes. And so uh, practicing professionals can participate in classes. And then they have the entire Las Vegas exhibit hall that's just full of um, companies exhibiting their their latest products. And so you get everything from equipment, uh, any any kind of equipment that's associated with concrete, hoisting equipment, concrete pumps, batch plants. Um, I mean, just so much stuff. It's just, it's hard to remember. All. Reinforcement, formwork systems, stuff that has a lot to do with uh, sustainability. There's you know, a big movement that, um, you know, uh, concrete, uh, creates, you know, a lot of carbon emissions, uh, as they, as they, uh, manufacture the cement powder. And so there's, mm-hmm. there's an effort to reduce that, um, just every concrete accessory that you could ever imagine is on this exhibition floor. And it just takes days to go through this place. And, um, for a guy like me, that's in the concrete industry and I'm, you know, I, I work for a, a, a specialty contractor. Um, it's just this, I don't know, it's just like this treasure trove of, you know, latest developments and latest equipment and latest ideas that are in the industry kind of all in one big package. And it's uh, it's it's kind of a cool show. It's really That's awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like from what you're describing, um <clears throat> It, this is geared towards anyone that deals with anything with concrete, whether you're in the construction arena, whether you're an engineer uh, doing heavy civil structural, um, anyone that's dealing with concrete in any level, this is what it's built for. I imagine, though, I mean, in terms of civil engineering discipline, it's probably geared towards more construction structural folk in, in those arenas. But what's your thoughts on who's attending this and and why they'd want to go. Yeah. So primarily I'd say it's, it is geared towards the, the construction industry. So general contractors and specialty subcontractors. Um, but it's, it's really a, a really great place for construction engineers. Um, and even structural engineers that, um, that design with structural concrete and are concerned about understanding um, you know, the best ways to, I don't know, put together mixed designs and, and the latest uh, admixtures that concrete has available and, you know, how to reduce uh, corrosion, you know, in your reinforcement. Um, what what are the latest, uh, what's the latest, you know, reinforcement uh, rebar splicing technologies? Um, there's just a lot of stuff that's that's even geared towards more of a structural engineer um, like me. Um, but I, you know, I do come from the construction industry. Um, and how long have, uh, how long have you been going 
to this conference. I've been going for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so it's interesting because it, it, it has its ebbs and flows. You can kind of tell when the, when the markets are really good and construction is booming, the show tends to be a little bit bigger. And then, um, you know, when we're going through a little bit leaner times and there's not as many construction projects, it, it seems to be a little more, uh, smaller show, but, but it's always good. It's always a good time. That's awesome. So let's dive into then, uh, you're touring the floor. You can spend days out there touring everything. Um, what, um, what are you seeing that excites you that's out there in the industry? Are there a couple of things that maybe you could talk about? Yeah. So, um, I think we'll be able to post some, some pictures here, but, um, one of the interesting things, so the construction industry as a whole is suffering from kind of a lack of, of labor. There's a lot of old craftsmen and craftswomen that are, that are retiring right now. Um, and there isn't a lot of the younger generation getting into the, the trades uh, and replacing them hmm. right now. And so there's this, there's this labor shortage. And so there's a lot of, uh, you can see a lot of the innovations that are uh, geared towards uh, reducing labor and um, maybe not eliminating, obviously, the need for uh, hand labor or, or human labor. But, uh, I mean, they've, they've got robots now that, that'll tie rebar. And so one of the interesting exhibits I went to, they had a, a robot, and it was, it was pretty rudimentary. I mean, you could tell it was, it would, they had it set uh, on a, a typical slab that you would have rebar uh, tied uh, suspended slab where you'd had even on center spacing on your rebar and this robot was going along and it was finding the intersection of the rebar and then putting a tie wire on it. You could hear it, you know, grinding mm. away and it was kind of buzzing along and uh, it was, it was really interesting. Um, was it as fast as a typical uh, rebar tire? No. Uh, was it as efficient? No. But you can see the industry, there's there's definitely an effort uh, to try to get, uh, I guess, humans out of <laughs> out of some the, of the jobs out of the off the jobs because there's just there's not there's not uh, the available labor resources, I guess, is the way to say it, that we used to have. And so there's companies kind of trying to come up with innovative ways to either reduce the size of construction crews or, you know, possibly eliminate them completely. And now wow. this robot was acting on a, a mat of rebar that was already in place. Right. So you still need humans to lay it all out and make sure that the on center spacing was proper and the clear cover and everything. And then you could conceivably turn this thing loose on the mat of rebar and it could tie it all for you, you know? So, is someone manning the robot? I mean, is it like a yeah. joystick or is it like a set of plans you input into the robot and it just no. goes to town? The robot had like a data collector. And so um, the operator was inputting uh, into the robot this, uh, I don't know if it was a CRV file or exactly what the nature of the data was, but it had, it had enough, um, it had the, the, the model um, it was probably a DXF file, 
is probably mm-hmm. what it was. Just a CAD file that the uh, the data collector running on the robot could read. So it knew where uh, the rebar intersections were approximately, and then it could cruise along and tie things. So I wonder if they'll get so uh, advanced. Maybe they do their own little LIDAR before they go to town and figure it out themselves. That would be... Yeah, you can see where That'd they're be headed. Interesting. But. Exactly. And so they're, they're, they're moving in some of those directions. I thought that too. What if you had like a drone that could kind of hover over the, you know, the, the mat of rebar before it needed to be tied and kind of get a, uh, a lay of the land and, and the orientation. And then, then the robot could figure it out there, you know? So again, they're, they're moving in some of those directions because we, we just, there's just not enough young folks getting into the trades anymore. And so they're trying to come up with solutions. Yep. Um, okay. So drones is one or these robots, another, anything else out there you saw that was, yeah, there was numbers? another cool thing that was a, a laser screed that was mounted kind of on a, a spider boom. So hmm. uh, kind of, if you can imagine, and hopefully we can put some pictures on here, Isaac, but we'll do that. So those watching on YouTube, I know this might be hard if you're listening to the audio version, but if you do jump over to our YouTube channel, we'll, we'll try to post some some uh, pictures of what Mark saw down there so you can get a, an idea yeah. of what's going on. So this was another cool development. And this this has been around for a little while, but they've they've made a couple uh, improvements. They've, uh, you know, made the reach a lot longer. But what it is, it's a it's a laser screed. So traditionally, laser screeds have been these um, these boom uh, mounted screeds that could, uh, had kind of a telescoping boom that could go in and out and you could put in a, uh, a model into the data collector on a laser screed. And then you'd have a, an, an outside reference point, um, that was usually, uh, in the form of a laser level so that the screed could orient itself in elevation up and down. And you can get um, a model in in the uh, data collector for the screed, and then that screed could go out and actually screed the concrete, and you could get very precise uh, levelness and flatness out of that out of that concrete with the mm-hmm. laser screed. Well, now and and primarily those laser screeds were built for slabs on grade, so big warehouses. You know, you think of your big box shopping centers and those kind of things. Um, those screeds were really good at uh, getting really flat floors for those for those types of structures. Well, now they've got screeds that um, they we're trying to minimize the number of workers that are required to place and, and finish the concrete. And so now they've got a screed that you can actually put up on top of a shored elevated concrete deck, like a post-tension concrete deck. And this screed sits on the deck and it's got a telescoping boom as well that can reach out and screed the floors. Uh, and it eliminates about half the crew that's normally required for traditional methods. And so hmm. um, it was kind of move cool, this thing around, huh? Wherever well, yeah, you need it. It's just a really cool uh, innovation that uh, now you have to have. You have to have a tower crane and you have to obviously have uh, some type of hoisting to get you up to those elevated areas. Um, 
But once that thing's up there and working and you've got your, uh, your, your model in the data collector and it knows what elevations it's screening to, it can actually screed in three dimensions. And so um, you can screed to drain locations and things like that. Uh, and it, it ends up eliminating. So a normal crew uh, place and finish, you know, 12 to 14 guys. And with this laser screed, uh, you can cut that in half. So another labor saving innovative device that um, I'm actually going to have it uh, demoed on one of my jobs that I've got going right now to see if, Ooh. see if it's something that we want to want to hey, buy. Get some yeah. video of that. We'll post it on our <laughs> YouTube channel. Yeah. So that was, get some video of that. That was another cool innovation. And again, I'm, I'm giving you my perspective and, you know, obviously I'm going to gravitate towards the stuff that interests me, but sure. That was, that was one thing that I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. What's the what's the ballpark for a cost for this thing? Do they do they announce yeah, those? Yeah, they're, they're in the four hundred thousand dollar range is is what these things cost. So, but the payoff seems pretty good when you're eliminating. Yeah. But if I'm eliminating six guys, yeah, at thirty two dollars an hour, you know, there you go. Add that up, I that like it. Wouldn't take too long to pay for it. Well, good deal. Yeah. Um, well, before I move on from technologies, anything else that kind of um, caught your yeah, eye? There was, a, be... there was a couple more things that I gravitated towards. There was a a, a, a spider boom. Um, so if you think of a traditional uh, concrete pump truck, mm -hmm. um, it sits on the ground and it, it unfolds and it goes up and it's able to pump concrete you know, a really long distance away. And, um, you know, some of the bigger ones are about 63 meters long. Um, we typically use 61 meter pumps. All, you know, that's. And get into hard to reach places. Yeah. So they can get into these hard to reach places. Well, now they've got these spider booms, which are kind of these independent uh, concrete uh, placing booms that are much they're kind of like uh, this screed that I'm talking about. They kind of have some outriggers that actually sit on the, the deck, the concrete deck. And then you can have a feeder pump feed into that. And then this thing, this placing boom, the spider boom will actually get you another um, 36 meters uh, of reach on top of whatever your, your, uh, your concrete pump truck is giving you. So mm. It, it's it's just another little thing that you can use when you're in tight spots, uh, a little tough to reach. Maybe the topography at your job site, you know, makes it tough for a truck to get in there. And so your your reach is a little bit short. These cool uh, spider boom uh, pumps let you get a little bit more reach. So that was that's cool. That's one I'm thinking, like, why didn't we come up with that earlier? Yeah, um, I that one took a while. I don't know. It's it's always interesting to me. I know that that weight is always uh, usually a limiting factor, but sometimes it's components, and then uh, just figuring out the hydraulics uh, on these things. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, that's more of a mechanical engineering type type realm. We got to get another brother on here talk about. Yeah, that. we need Dan on here to help us, but. Um, yeah, some of those things you think, gosh, why didn't I think of that, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then another thing, and again, I'm 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 biased, right? I'm looking at things that spark my interest, but there was a cool uh collar. So if you think of a, a concrete uh pump truck and that boom that's going clear up, and then there's like a rubber hose that drops down from the end of the boom, and that's what the placers and the finishers are directing when they're pouring their concrete. Well, when they when they stop the pump, usually the concrete that's still in that length of hose that's that's dangling down just mm-hmm. kind of drops out. Yeah, kind of becomes a, a waste um, of concrete because it's just dropping out on the ground. Well, now they've got these these collars, these restrictive collars that restrict the hose. And and usually the guys on site are like trying to kink the hose or bend the hose to stop that concrete from coming out. But um, that's tough, tough to do all the time. But now they've got these collars um, that restrict the hose automatically and stops that concrete from just dropping out. And so it ends up saving uh, quite a bit of material, especially when it's a larger, a larger pump or excuse me, a larger, uh, a larger pour. Um you know that little That's bit cool. of so that all happens automatically. No one's having to mess with that. No, just the truck you put on it. The pump truck operator has to oh. kind of be in control of push, that. Push the button. Yeah, stop that. he can restrict that flow, and then it keeps that concrete from kind of leaking out at well, the end awesome. of at the end of a pass or something. You know, so that was something else that kind of caught my interest, um, but. Yeah, it was cool. Lots of fun technologies. I'm sure there's more. And I know you're looking at it from your own angle and viewpoint and what you do. And maybe there's some other stuff that other people liked more. But those that's I think that's a good flavor of what you yeah. saw there. So and we have to we have to mention the size of the uh the these concrete pump trucks. So when I started going to the world of concrete, I mean you know, the 57 meter was just like, whoa, that's huge, 57 meter. And then they went to, a, you know, a 61 meter and a 63 meter. Oh, man. Well, now they're up to like a 66 meter. And it's just like, holy smokes, man. They're getting these long. huge trucks. Yeah. I mean, they're and just I'll, getting massive. I'll get you a picture so you can put that on here. But they're they're huge. And so... What restricts them is obviously the weight of the truck. You know, you can't just drive um, a truck that, you know, weighs too much on, on the roads because there's restrictions on, you know, bridges and, and right. roadways. Yeah, and you can't exceed the uh, the load per axle that, um, that everything's been designed for. And so uh, that's kind of their restriction. So they've learned to you know lighten up components I, I don't know how they've done it exactly but we're at 66 meters now so that's that's something that's impressive to me we've removed the engine and made room for more concrete right <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah well uh let's switch gears then to more of the educational component of of what you've got at this conference like what Take us through what some of the class options that you had there. What are people learning? Um, what did you go there and learn? Like, what are some of the classes that you think at least sparked your interest and what other people might be interested in? Yeah, so any, most every technical uh, subject uh, from concrete design um, 
to concrete place and finish methods to, um, I mean, I would say anything that uh, ACI uh, covers uh, in any of their committee uh, publications, um, there, there's a class at this thing that's where they're discussing it. And so they get, wow. they get industry professionals that have been practicing that are actually serving on, you know, these ACI committees. And so they're really knowledgeable guys. I'm, I, I went to a mixed design class, uh, with the guy that, um, I mean, I was really impressed with him. He was sharp and I learned a lot about concrete mixed design. Um, he was a PhD, you know, from, uh, I think it was Oklahoma state, but, um, mm. so good knowledgeable guys that are, that are, you know, in the industry, but they're not just, you know, from academia where they're, you know, they're, they're actually guys that are, you know, they might be PhDs, they might be, you know, very highly educated people, but they're, they're, they got their hands in the concrete, you know? They're they're working their hands dirty. They're getting their hands dirty. So they're they're good, knowledgeable guys. And so I had a mixed design class, and then I had a um, a structural uh, design class, concrete concrete design class that was that was interesting. And um, you know, while you know, I do I do a fair amount of that. Um, I always like to hear uh, other designers' perspective on concrete design. Um, I haven't designed every type of structure that there is in concrete. And so sure. Hearing others, uh, perspectives on that, um, is, is always interesting. I always pick up, you know, a little something from, from those things. So that's great. So it sounds like a wide variety of classes. People are interested in going down for continuing education. I'm sure you're getting credits for it. Yeah. Uh, if you go down there, um, a big component with conferences is usually making connections. Do you feel like if people go down there, they could make connections with others and whatnot? Uh, absolutely. Um, in fact, what happens usually is um, you find out that a lot of your suppliers that you typically buy things from, if you're in, if you're working for a general contractor like me, um, they're at the show and what do they want to do is they want to take you out to dinner, right? And they want to take Ooh. you out to places. Yeah. <laughs> you hit some good spots. Yeah. We went to some good, good places. Um, Vegas has got some, some nice upper end, uh, restaurants and we, yeah, we hit a couple of them and it was, it was some good food. So but... cir- circus circus. Was that, no, is that where you, <laughs> that wasn't on the list. Oh, that old resort still there though, man. Nice. Yeah. It's still I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> It's still there, but no, no circus circus. We were at the, at the win. <laughs> and so we were at a little higher end places, but, um, what was cool is, is I got to, I got to talk to a lot of people in the same, um, industry, right. That I am and, uh, having the same issues and just being able to bounce things off of them. So I made, I made, uh, some friends or I was able to network with a bunch of, uh, local uh concrete contractors from from vegas um mm. that, build, that build a lot of the uh the high-rise hotels that are in that town um and just able to kind of collaborate with them and build a little bit of a friendship i mean as much as you can build them i guess in one night but um right. yeah so people that i can call on if i you know need to ask questions or uh 
You know, like I could bring say, yeah, I remember that guy I had dinner with and he said I could call him anytime I needed to if I had a question, you know, and, and vice versa, you know, they can call me in. And so it, it was good for, it was a great networking opportunity that way. And it yeah. came from just going to dinner with a supplier that just happened to be common to me and these other contractors that are in the same, same field, same industry. So that's cool. I went to a conference this last year called TS-DOS, which is really geared towards transmission, substations, and operations kind of stuff in the utility world. And same thing, you know, you get to network with people. And even though you might not, um, you know, totally make a a lasting relationship, if you remember some of these names and faces, they definitely can help you, whether it's with career or whether it's with a specific job you're doing, stuff like that. So yeah. Good stuff. I was eating crab with these guys, man, and we were we were bonding. So the big question is, did you win any money? I think that's the big <laughs> question. Well, you know, Isaac, I'm not a big gambler, as you know. Some of my, uh, some, I'll say, some of my colleagues. Um, uh, what's funny about? Uh, I don't know. I get a kick out of people that you know, and you're like, oh, "How'd you do last night at the tables?" Or "How'd you do?" and Oh yeah, I got up $300. And then I look at, uh, you know, one of my other colleagues that's with us and he's just, you know, shaking his head <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And, I, and he, and, and, and the second colleague that I'm talking about that was shaking his head was be like, yeah, I saw him go to the ATM at least three times. <laughs> I know he got 300 bucks every time. And I'm like, okay, so he lost 900, but you know, he gained 600. So the net loss was 300. And he goes, yeah, that's, that's right. You know? <laughs> he just well, happened to be up for one night, you know? So <laughs> that's the rationalization that uh, I guess gamblers do, but yeah, hey, I'm, not, I'm not a big gambler. Hey, it's a big draw for, I'm sure having a conference down there. Right. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I guess Mark to wrap this up, why would someone want to attend this conference? Do you think? Well, uh, I think it's the, first of all, it's an opportunity to, to learn some, uh, things from the classes that are offered. If you need certifications like from PTI or CRSI or PCA or ACI too, um, this is a great place to get certifications. And then, uh, at least you can get, um, you know, your continuing education units if you need those. And then second, it's just, it's a good place to go to get in touch with the latest tech and the latest innovations that are, that are in the construction industry, uh, concrete construction industry. Um, just, it'll, it helps you make, uh, informed decisions on, um, you know, how to build things. And then of course, if you're, uh, in the design field, if you're a construction engineer, uh, obviously you're you're on the construction side of things if you're a design engineer a structural engineer it's a great place to get in touch as well with the constructability and the latest tech so that your your designs um frankly are constructible um because you understand the the latest tech that's out there um the latest methods uh, what's possible um as these general contractors and contractors are, are constructing your design. Um, and then last, it's just, it's a good place to network. Like we talked about at the end there, it's, um, 
not only the people that you interface with, maybe at uh, some of the exhibits, if you're interested in a certain product or certain piece of equipment, um, you know, there's opportunities to network in those situations, but there's all the, the stuff that happens after the exhibits, the, the, the uh, socializing, right? The dinners and uh, the socializing that happens afterwards. You can, you can make good connections with folks, with folks that way. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of this great opportunity to where everybody gets together and kind of the industry um, gets together and, and uh, you can uh, make some of those things happen. You're networking and increase your knowledge base. And yeah, it's just been like a good all round event for anyone interested. Cool event that uh, will continue into the future. I think they've, they, you know, the last few years have been a little bit tough with COVID and, um, but, uh, this, this last January was, it was pretty good. And I would say it wasn't, you know, full, full, uh, full capacity as I've seen in, in previous years, but, um, it'll get back there. It's just getting a little better. Yeah. It was just the COVID thing and, and working through that. I like it. So, well, next time let's get the world of concrete to sponsor our podcast episode. <laughs> well, we we should just set up a booth down there, man. I like it. That'd be uh, the thing to do. I like <laughs> it. So, well, uh, Mark, thanks for jumping on, explaining what the world of concrete is. I know a lot of people probably don't even know what that is, so it's good to get your opinion on what's there and why someone might be interested. If you're not going, I would talk to your employer, see if they can sponsor yeah, you to go and get you going. It's usually the third week in January every year is when they, they put that on. So it's not too crazy hot in Vegas, which is a good no, time. No, it's perfect temps. We were in the 60s, mid-60s. So I like yep. it. Okay, man. Thanks for doing this, and we'll see you in the next one. Okay. See ya. See ya. See ya.